0: Welcome to the San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Emily Fancher, Assistant Metro Editor, filling in for columnist Heather Knight. I'm here today with Dominic Fracassa, who covers the mayor and city hall politics. Today, we're going to talk about his recent story that dives into how San Francisco should deal with those who are mentally ill and commit crimes. A man named Austin James Vincent was caught on video attacking a young woman at her waterfront condo building. After a judge released Vincent from jail, a debate ensued about crime and safety in San Francisco. Dominic Fricasa will join me right after this. I'm Emily Fancher. Dominic Fricasa, welcome to
1: the show. Thanks for having me.
0: A bit about what happened in this case Uh, for those who've had their heads in the sand for the last two weeks tell us what went on
1: yeah i think this this case has really struck a nerve in san francisco and i think it has for for a couple of reasons you know first i I think that one of the reasons this has become such a sort of talk of the town of the moment that this attack is because of the the compelling video that was circulated far and wide uh and, and it was actually quite harrowing so what it shows is someone we believe to be austin james vincent the suspect in this case wrestling with extremely aggressive behavior, sort of tackling um, a young woman as she, as you said, enters her her waterfront condo building in the small hours of uh, Sunday, uh, uh, I believe, August 11th. So why you know it, it's not just the video though it was circulated far and wide but it's not it's not just the content of the video it's this moment i think in san francisco that has made it so compelling it's it's this it's this sort of juncture i think we're at where where the city is taking stock of the fact that we have so many people suffering from debilitating behavioral health and mental illness they're allowed to sort of you know, suffer and drift on the street without any real help. And I think people felt like this is an example of something that a lot of us feel as we walk around San Francisco, and that's feeling uncomfortable, feeling unsafe, feeling uh, uh, at risk when we're around people who clearly have behavioral health problems and, and need help. So I, I think it's it's it was the, the nature of the video and this particular moment in San Francisco that has made this such a uh, such a thing right now in the city.
0: And we should probably add that um, Vincent was talking about uh, robots attacking people and saving uh, people from from evil robots.
1: Yeah, he was undergoing what his own attorney uh, uh, in the Public Defender's Office described as an acute mental health crisis at, at the moment. Um, we don't know yet if d- drugs might have been involved. Um, I've seen Mr. Vincent in court several times and he's composed and, you know, responsive to the judge and to his attorney. Um, so uh, whether or not the, the sort of, you know, Psychotic episode, or whatever it was that he was experiencing, was drug induced, isn't clear yet. He's not charged with any drug crimes. And to be clear, he's pleaded not guilty to all of the crimes um, attempted robbery. He was trying to get the woman's phone and keys and wallet at one point, um, and obviously assault charges. Um, uh, and uh, he's pleaded not guilty to all of them, though, just to be clear.
0: And so, what did the judge decide to do with this case? And then, what was the public reaction to yeah. the decision?
1: What happened was this at the uh, uh, Mr. Vincent's initial arraignment, uh, I believe on August thirteenth, he was allowed to, to, he was dismissed by the judge on his own recognizance. He was allowed to leave jail. He, would, he was arrested, picked up, and arraigned. And the judge, not having seen the video at the time, not even being aware of it on her own admission, allowed Mr. Vinson into a pretrial release program uh, called assertive case management, which is a fancy way of saying you need to check in with us often. You need to uh, uh, you know respond to these services. It's a, It's a way in which people can not stay in jail as they w- await their trial under supervision w- with uh, and given the like, mental health you know issues that Mr. Vincent seems to be facing it's also a way for him to get services that he needs to get counseling to get treatment to do the things that he needs to do to be a a sort of um if you will a successful defendant someone who's not going to reoffend won't pose a threat to public safety while making his court dates that's the whole point of the program this issue really sort of caught fire after everyone learned that that Mr. Vincent had been released they said look this is clearly someone who's attacking an individual this is not someone who should be on the streets why did the judge allow him to be released again it comes back to the video she hadn't seen it a few days later she says Sorry, folks. I had saw this, uh, you know, I saw this days later at a restaurant while I was eating. It was on TV. Uh, I was compelled by the level of violence in her own admission that was in there. And that led her to reconsider things a little bit. And she gave Mr. Vincent an ankle monitor so he could be tracked and to enforce the stay away order against him on on that particular building where where the young woman lives.
0: And how much of her decision do you think came out of um, reaction? I mean, there was public reaction, the DA's office weighed in, the mayor, the soups, the city attorney. Yeah, there was a lot of finger pointing that happened.
1: There was. And again, it comes back to the fact that this person doesn't seem like someone who should be out and about, someone who, you know, might re-offend it, it, it. Caused fear in people, you know, it sparked, a, I think, a fear in people. And, and again, I think it get, gets back to experiences that everyone has had in San Francisco around people who clearly have behavioral health issues. So, yeah, Mayor London Breed, City Attorney Dennis Herrera, uh, Judge Christine Van Aken, the judge in this case was a longtime, very prominent litigator in his office for many years. And I think he saw what happened to the judge. Uh, the the sort of blowback that happened after her decision to release Mr. Vincent. And he said, hang on, I'm going to step up for someone I know is a good jurist and someone who I know personally uh, used to be in my office for many years. So they had said... They sort of like put the finger, you know, pointed the finger back at the DA's office. The DA never showed anybody this video or never showed the judge this video, even though they knew about it and had it in their possession. They thought the written police report was sufficient. They tried to make a case that Mr. Vincent should be held. So the judge sort of went uh, around their recommendation to keep him in jail uh, before trial. Um, and and that's that's not what happened. And I think people said, again, they, they reacted in a, in a very, um, I don't want to say knee jerk, but I think it kicked people in the gut when they realized what had happened. So let's just fast forward a few more days yep. uh a, another week a, a few more days go by and we learn that mr vincent may be wrapped up in another case and this is this is really kind of a turning point in this whole story so Mr. Vincent's mugshot, which was, you know, he looks like someone who's unwell. Um, I think that was widely circulated as well after his arrest. Um, some people said, hey, I know that guy. That's the guy that attacked me and my friends while I was outside a San Francisco restaurant at 4th and Brandon Street back in February. They go to the police with that information. They get a warrant for Mr. Vincent's arrest. And he, you know, su- you know, surrenders to police. He, you know, with the, with the uh, help of his attorney, uh, turns himself in last Monday. So he is now in jail um he is pleaded not guilty to the other attack in which he was you know suspected of uh, wielding a knife against these people as they waited for a ride hail outside this restaurant in february so again this is a big i think for everybody who wanted mr vincent held in the first place this was a big i told you so look this guy you know is suspected of other crimes he's obviously dangerous and you need to you know hold him, hold him behind bars until until his trial
0: so after that there were a couple other incidents on in the waterfront um And the mayor pulled together her top department heads in response. Um, What did what did she decide to do and why?
1: Yeah. So this was uh, uh, last Wednesday. Uh, She pulled together the heads of the Homelessness and Supportive Housing Department, the police, uh, uh, as well as uh, uh, her uh, uh, the chief of the health department, Dr. Grant Colfax. They all got together uh, in her office, I believe, uh, uh, last Wednesday in room 200. And what she did was said. There A few things came to light, two things in particular, two additional attacks on people at the waterfront. There were two inc- in incidents within 12 hours of each other where people were punched in the face. One suspect was arrested. The other one fled the scene. So- it's important to note, and what she did was beef up security in essence. She she heightened this uh, police presence there, and she also heightened the social service outreach. So there's things like the homeless outreach team, um, a division of the police department that's particularly trained to handle people with behavioral health incidents. So these people are going to be out on the waterfront um, until further notice, essentially. So why the waterfront? That's not... The most, you know, I I think I think it's fair to say that, you know, uh, uh, if you look at crime statistics historically, that's not the most dangerous place in San Francisco. Right. So why there? Why all the security there? That's because I think there is no. And we, we wrote about this. There is no more politically sensitive area for Mayor London Breed right now. No more sensitive geography in the city. And that's because she's trying to build a navigation center there. She's trying to build this, this sort of deluxe homeless shelter for, for people specifically on the waterfront. And we as we've talked about before, that was met with a lot of opposition. It's still being opposed by a, you know, fairly well-heeled and organized group of waterfront residents who said, we don't want this shelter there. Why? Because it's going to bring homelessness and homelessness-related crime and drug use into our neighborhood. Now, the navigation center is not even built yet. It's not going to be built in or open until January at the earliest. So, it's it's a little bit of a they've seized on this opportunity really is What the, is what they've done? They've seized on this attack. This is somebody in a building that has a lot of opponents to the navigation center in. We know that because people would identify themselves at public meetings as living in that particular condo building. And they've really used this as an opportunity to say, "Look, this is what we're going to see more of if you build this shelter here." So, it's it's I think what what mental health experts have told me about this is yeah. that's a little bit of a dangerous thing to do. It's a little bit of a dangerous thing to to conflate homelessness with behavioral health, with, you know, with crime. Once we do this, we sort of get into a, some dangerous territory where we start seeing, you know, people who need help as as the dangerous other. And, and that doesn't really engender good reactions in people, I feel like. that That's what the mental health experts and criminal justice folks have told me.
0: And we should also point out that the same week all of this was happening... Uh, new crime statistics came out for That's the city. Right. What did what did those show?
1: Yeah, all of this activity really belies the fact that San Francisco is, you know, still flirting with historically low levels of crime. I mean, we saw late last year, we were near a 50-year low for killings in San Francisco, which is a very good thing. Between January and July of 2019, compared to that same period a year ago, that same stretch of time, uh, violent crime is down 14%. Overall, crime is down 10%. Property crime is down, I think, about 9%. So I think it is important, and we in the media do play a role as well in deciding what to cover here exactly. You know what I mean? Are we focusing too much on particular crimes in particular areas at the expense of, you know, similar incidents that get no attention in other parts of the city? You know, I think it's something that that everybody needs to think about as we wonder, you know, is San Francisco really an unsafe place? I mean, no one deserves to be attacked. What happened to that woman outside the the her condo building is is terrible. I mean, no one no one should feel unsafe walking around in their neighborhood or walking around in the city. And people do. They do feel unsafe right now. And it's important to point that out and to listen to them when they tell us, you know, what what they what they're feeling. But it's also important to look to zoom all the way out here and look at the bigger picture. And that is, you know, crime is 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 down in San Francisco right now.
0: Well, no doubt people will continue to be interested in this case. Uh, tell us what's next for Vincent.
1: So he's got these two different cases. So on September 3rd, the sort of pretrial stuff is really getting in motion now that he's in custody and, and the, they're setting calendar dates and doing all the things that the criminal justice system does as they per, you know prepare to prosecute this guy. Um, so September 3rd is a hearing where the district attorney has filed a motion and they'll hear this motion to uh, consolidate the two cases. So that'll make things a little bit simpler just from a process standpoint. Again, he's pleaded guilty to all charges. Um, we know that, you know, his defense attorney in the public defender's office, um, has admitted that mental health issues were, were, were a, were a factor here. So how that will play exactly into his defense, we don't know yet, but we'll start to see that come, uh, come early September.
0: And I expect you'll be there to cover it.
1: I'll be in court. You better believe it.
0: (laughs) We'll we'll talk to you then. Thanks Thanks. so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Dominic Fracasa for joining me. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dominic Fracasa. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing, and thanks to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the Editor-in-Chief, If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.